0: Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number 1 best-selling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Craft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like are you an overbuyer or underbuyer, a morning person or night person, Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack. A quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin an Odyssey Podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all gonna be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out uh, and also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max, and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So simple. Make up,
0: who cares,
1: and move forward with it. It's
0: not the way it rolls. Why?
1: (laughs) When people (laughs) win, also people engage because they want to see how those people want. Keep that in mind, ladies. What
0: the f- is Aaron talking about? I have no idea. What are you saying?
1: I think everybody puts their hand in the center and does a hoorah.
0: Is Aaron a complete moron or is he on good drugs? I'm f- confused, man. Put your hand
1: in, man. Seriously, this is ridiculous.
0: What are you talking about?
1: I'm just giving you a hint and a clue. Thank For you. Real, you're welcome.
0: Woo what the fuck is Aaron saying? No one knows what he's saying. He's just throwing words out there and hoping they form a sentence. And spoiler alert, they don't always do that. They just don't always do that. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. Today on the show, we're going to be recapping The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, The Real Housewives of New York. I will put the timestamps in the episode description if you just want to skip ahead to one of those. I hope you guys are staying active, staying informed. And I wanted to start the show off just by highlighting something by a woman named Tabitha Brown, who I don't know if you guys follow her on TikTok. She's so lovely and wonderful. And she said something about recharging uh, that I wanted to share with you guys before we get into the Beverly Hills recap. So uh, just take a listen.
1: Hello there. Um, I know we're still going through a tough time. It's been some some rough couple days, yes. And because of that, I want to encourage you to remember one thing. A lot of us are using energy we've never used before. We're having to search in the depths of our soul to get through our day do not forget to recharge sometimes you have to disconnect sometimes you're gonna have to step away so that you can come back strong to fulfill the thing you're trying to do but it is important okay are you hearing me it is important to recharge check in on yourself your mind your body and your soul Honey, because if you ain't the best version of you, you ain't no good to nobody else. Okay? I know you mean well. I know you want to make a difference. But we need you to be able to do
0: it. So recharge. I love you. That is at I am Tabitha Brown on TikTok. She's also on other forms of social media. So go follow her. She's fantastic. Now, I want to get into the Real Houses of Beverly Hills so we can all recharge, have a laugh or two before we go about our day and fight the fights we're fighting. Anyway, let's get into the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. We open on Kyle's Barbecue. Now, it's so funny because in Kyle's confessional, she's really just like doing overacting because she's just talking about the barbecue and how it went and left. Uh, and then of course we know we're going to flashback because we got a Duke ourselves event. So Kyle's in her confessional, like, I know what you're thinking. Family barbecue after what Denise said. Well, my family loves a barbecue. And this year my barbecue started out fun, but it didn't end up that way. <laughs> like really bad acting by Kyle. And like, I know that they have to set up like the whole episode, but I mean, just hearing Kyle like, wait, that was before. Uh, We have to do Garcelle's event first. It's just so scripted, but like, I'm okay with that. I mean, at this point, most of the women on this show are actresses, not always good ones, but they are actresses. And so I'm okay with the fact that this is becoming totally scripted show. And then also in a weird way, becoming totally unscripted when we're seeing things about Denise saying, don't say that on camera. It's like this weird mix that I'm, I'm finding so enjoyable and refreshing. I, I don't know what exactly is going on or what's, what uh, the mandate was from either Bravo or or if the production company decided to go in a new direction. But it is this weird mix where the confessionals are finding are seemingly so scripted, and then we're getting footage that we would normally never see on these shows. Ah, I love it. I'm loving Beverly Hills this season. I truly think it's one of the best season in years and years and years. Uh, so anyway, then we have to cut earlier to Gar- Garcelle's event. She's being honored for the LA Mission, which is a fantastic organization. She's getting glam. She's got a huge glam team, by the way. And I'm kind of tired of the glam teams on this show in general. Like, I feel like this is the only franchise where we really see a lot of the glam teams. And they're getting larger and larger. I mean, and pretty soon, they're just going to be like 50 people in a room, like, putting eyelashes on these women. It's a lot. It's a lot. We even saw Teddy with her glam team, too. I didn't know Teddy had a glam team. I mean, I know she stepped up the style after her first season, but I didn't expect a full glam. She had two people. One of the women, I think, on Teddy's team had the big-ass hat, too, the social distancing hat. It was like one of those big-ass hats. No one could get into six feet of her space with that big-ass hat. I mean, do all the glam teams, Denise's glam team last week or a couple weeks ago had the big-ass hat. Are they all just doing giant hat work now, the glam teams? Do they hand those out with your hairstyling diploma? Like, what's that about? What's happening there with the big hats on the hair teams? Or the makeup teams. I don't know. Um, but Garcelle is, uh she meets up with Rena. They talk about Denise. Garcelle is team Denise, which I find like these, uh this is a dynamic duo. I really like this duo, Garcelle and Denise. Rinna's basically riding the fence on all of it at this point. Uh She is just stirring the pot and she's doing an excellent job of stirring the pot. And she's just smiling the whole time. When she was in the car with Garcelle and they were talking about De- Denise, Rena was loving it. She's laughing about all of it. She's so extra shit this season. And I don't know if she just decided to lean in, but she is doing a fantastic job. Again, I would like to say that I wouldn't like that as my friend. But as a viewer on the TV show that I'm watching, I really appreciate it. Because somebody needs to move this shit forward. Because also, like we say every week, Beverly Hills has a tendency to just like focus on one little thing, and they just harp on it forever. And that's what's happening right now with the Denise and the threesome talk. But I'm still finding it interesting because they're they're giving us new. Fo- I mean, like we said, they're giving us new forms of the show where they're pulling back the curtain a little bit. So I'm enjoying it. But they do focus on one little thing for or fucking ever. Um, anyway, Dorit can't come to the Garcelles event because she's sick. I gotta say, you guys, I noticed this week, like, I am loving Dorit so much. Like, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for her to arrive in scenes. And I've never felt that way, ever. The whole, I always hated Dorit. And now I'm like, every time she's not on screen, I'm thinking, where's Dorit? When's she gonna show up? What the fuck is she gonna be wearing? I love her right now. I love her. And I need her to be in every scene. I'm enjoying it. Also, when they got to this event for Garcelle, I just was thinking, God, I miss being in dinner in public at like a large table of people. <laughs> you know, We all have to be uh, doing our part right now with the pandemic, but it's still like, oh my God, I was like, oh, I wish I could just be at a large round table of people. Just eating, I don't know, eating. ugh. <sighs> Anyway, then we cut to uh, Garcelle's at the event, and she's just throwing food at the kids that are at the other table. She's not sitting with her children, but she is throwing food at them, and I really like that. She just in the middle. So Erica and Sutton, they go to take a dump. <laughs> I'm kidding. They just went to the restroom. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was inappropriate of me to say. I apologize. <laughs> I don't know why I'm finding that so funny. Um, so Eric and Sutton, they go to take a dump and Nick Cannon arrives on stage and <laughs> he introduces Allie Landry. Also, by the way, I've seen Nick Cannon and he is not interested in being at this event because normally Nick Cannon is full of energy. He is someone who's always full of energy. He's got a big smile on his face or, or at least a lot of passion behind what he's saying. And at this point... On the episode, he's just like, okay, here's Allie Landry, and then he left. Like, He did not want to be there. Um, But Allie Landry comes on on stage, and Allie Landry has become a big part of the show this season. We've seen her, of course, looking at houses with Garcelle, and I, I wonder if they were testing her, or if maybe they're thinking about testing her. She's stunning, and I'm interested in her. Uh, maybe we need to bring her on. She could maybe replace somebody else. I-, I would be interested to see if she would bring the drama. I'm interested. Uh Garcelle, then she gets on stage, she gives a speech. She tells us a little bit about her other son, Oliver, who we haven't met on camera, I don't believe yet. But it was really interesting. She said he got into drugs, and and I really feel for her. And uh, it was a funny shift because she talked about this very serious topic, right? Her son, Oliver, what he's gone through. Uh, and then she just shifts, and she's like, and there's my new friends, I don't like them all. <laughs> and it was so obviously towards Kyle. And then even in the confessional... She was like, yeah, I was talking about Kyle. Yeah, she just fucking hates Kyle. And you know what? I sort of, I kind of enjoy it. I don't think there's any reason for her to hate Kyle unless like we're not seeing something, which of course could be the case, right? Like I think maybe if something happened behind the scenes where Garcelle uh, is, we're not privy to it and that's why she doesn't like Kyle. But from everything that we're seeing on screen, I don't think Kyle has really done anything to Garcelle. But again, there could be some things that are happening that we're just not privy to. But even the editors keep cutting to, like, defend Kyle. So it leads me to believe that the editors in production are team Kyle. But I wonder if there's more to the story. Or I was thinking it could just be the fact that, like, Garcelle, she hasn't been around a lot. Like, she had other jobs that she had to go to. So I wondered if maybe she just needed to get into the mix more. And she's like, well, I don't really like Kyle, so I'll just, like, you know, (laughs) make up a story there. Because she needs a storyline to get a season two. So, you know, she's doing her part. She's doing the work. Um, but I feel like we're either missing something or, um, yeah, it's a storyline, which is fine. She's on a TV. She's got to have a storyline, right? Got to do it. Um, but we're definitely missing something. So then we cut to post-speech. Denise leaves right away. She said she's got to learn 30 pages of dialogue for her show. And I want that script. I want to know what 30 pages of dialogue that Denise is learning. I know she's on a soap opera, and that's a lot of, uh, a lot of scripting on a soap opera. But I would like to read the whole script. I don't know if anyone has it. If you could pass it along, just email me, DM me, send me a link. I'd like to read all of that dialogue. Uh so Denise leaves. They all cheers to turtles. They cheers to the turtles. Uh Erica, they they laugh, and Erica takes out that straw. They cheers. And Kyle said they missed Garcelle when they went away uh the last weekend. And it seems like Kyle is always being nice to her. Like all the footage we're seeing of Kyle and Garcelle. Kyle's being nice. She's being nice. And then they all <laughs> talk about... Uh, Garcelle says the women don't get to know her. Um, but then I think it was Erica who pointed out, well, she's not there. And then the editors show how she's not at all the events. And then the editors even show footage of Kyle asking Garcelle personal questions. And we didn't see any footage of Garcelle asking Kyle personal questions. But of course, Kyle is the... Uh, Professional on the show who's been there forever. So I do think it's up to the people who have been there forever to get to know the new people who are in the cast. That's a problem with Vanderpump rules right now, by the way. But I feel like it's up to the veterans to include the new people that are cast who are coming in, right? Like you, if you just ignore them, then how are they going to get into the mix? Um, again, I don't know what's going on with Beverly Hills though, why we're missing something. So then Renna says that she thinks that Denise regrets that last season she had all that dick talk about Big Dick Aaron and the happy ending situation. And so this season she's overcompensating for that. And I do believe that to be true, but again, I, I also think there was some sort of custody issue with Charlie, and that's why maybe Denise is overcompensating. But at the same time, I'd like to say that I I don't think it should be at the expense of these other women. I do think Denise is maybe leaning in a little too much with this whole thing about like protecting the kids and all of that. Because I understand how it makes those other women feel like, oh, are you trying to imply or make us look bad because you're trying to protect your own ass? So I I totally get that these other women would be a little pissed about it. I don't think they maybe should be as upset about it or harping on it as much as they are. But I get it. I get it. So then, you guys, we got to break this down. We cut to a scene with Denise and Aaron at dinner. Uh, first of all, Denise looks very casual with her hair up, a flannel jacket. I love this look, but I have to say, I realized at this moment that most of the looks that Denise is pulling off are things that Aunt Jackie would have worn in the original Roseanne in about 1991. I mean, when she was wearing that flannel jacket, that was an exact look that Lori Metcalf would have worn in 1991. I mean, that is exact. I'm sure I've seen that in an episode of Roseanne back in the nineties. I'm positive of it. Positive, but Denise is so stunning, she could pull off anything. I was looking at her, I'm like, how does she look good in that? Not a single other person, maybe on the face of this earth, aside from Denise Richards and Lori Meck <laughs> aside from Denise Richards, would look that good in that flannel jacket with the hair a mess. She's stunning. And I was thinking, man, I would love to see that exact look. I would love for somebody else to recreate it, put it on Renna, put it on Kyle, put it on literally any other human being. And I'm not saying those other women are not attractive, but like, Any other human being would not have pulled that off. I mean, Denise, that was a crazy outfit. It was a crazy look. The hair was a hot mess. And she's an off-the-shoulder flannel jacket that I I thought, wow, she is the most beautiful woman on the earth that she can make that look good. No one else could. Now, we also got to talk about what they ordered to eat. They ordered, first of all, Casamigos. Then Denise got mashed potatoes with salad with cucumbers and shaved Parmesan, no dressing or pepper. What the fuck? What the fuck, you guys? Let me repeat that. Denise got a Casamigos as her drink. She got mashed potatoes as her entree, I guess. And then (laughs) a salad. No dressing, just cucumbers and shaved Parmesan. And I assume that's the diet you need to look like Denise Richards. And to be honest with you, that's what I'm going to eat today. I'm just going to have some straight-up tequila with some mashed potatoes. And sometimes I think Denise orders like I did when I was 12 years old, and I like that about her. That's what uh, appeals to me about Denise Richards, because that's something I would have ordered at 12. Maybe not the salad, but I would have ordered some just, I would uh, I don't know, I would have ordered like a Shirley Temple and mashed potatoes when I was 12 years old. And I mean, she's doing the adult version of that. She got some tequila on the side. And then, of course, she got the salad. Gotta have your greens. Gotta have your greens, she said. And she didn't want the, she didn't want the calories and some dressing. She just wanted some cucumbers and some shaved parm. And She didn't want the pepper. She didn't want to season it. No, mm-mm. no, ma'am. She didn't want to season that salad, not one bit. She said, bring me the greens. She said, bring me that lettuce. And I'll, I'll mix it with the potatoes and the Casamigos. I mean, what a palate. What a palate on that woman. I mean, what—what what is... Uh... Wow. You know, I've been having, I told you my, my health issues going on. I've been having some digestive issues. And there's a very specific diet I have to be eating right now. And uh, I can't have greens, but I can have some mashed potatoes. And uh, so every time I eat those mashed potatoes, I'm going to be thinking about our Denise Richards, St. Denise. Um, Aaron's wild, too, though, by the way. He ordered a filet, and then he got uh, A1 steak sauce. And it's, I think, at a steakhouse they're at. And they said that they keep A1 sauce just for these two. These two are wild. We are learning more and more about these two. Uh, again, I do not care for this Aaron. I don't like the way he spoke to other women. We'll get to that. Uh, but. Wild. Also, you guys, I know we're all focused on the fact later on in the episode, Aaron said something about like crushing Denise's hand, which was totally unacceptable. But I would just also like to point out that in this restaurant scene, Aaron said that he'll bite her nails later. It was like in a sexual way he said it, but it was still very bizarre to me. I rewound it five times. I thought, did I just hear that correctly? Did he say he wants to bite her nails later? No, I never thought of that in like a sexual way. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not adventurous, but I never thought, oh, I'd like to bite your nails off, Matt, um, in the bejoir. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that was a weird thing to me. Uh, But God bless them they got a good sex life. I mean, Big Dick Aaron's willing to do anything. He's willing to give her a pedicure in the middle of a sexy time. And uh, if that works for them, that works for them. But it's just nothing I've heard before. It's nothing I've heard before. And so it did shock me. She said, like, I'm going to bite my nails. I'll bite your nails. I thought, what? So then we cut to the, uh, barbecue. Kyle's setting up, uh, Rinna and Erica are on their way together. Rinna and Erica are besties these days, uh, which I didn't expect when Erica was on the show when she came on board. But here they are seasons later. They've become besties. They're talking about hot dogs, how they like to eat a hot dog once or twice a year. And I feel that I like a hot dog too, more than once or twice a year. But I do every once in a while, you're going to have a hot dog. It's important. Self care. Then uh, Kyle, she's wearing something from her line of clothings, and I don't know what the fuck it was, but it didn't seem like a barbecue outfit. I know they talk about how everyone doesn't know how to show up to a Beverly Hills barbecue. They even showed uh, Dorit showing up a couple seasons ago in a beekeeper costume. And uh, look, I think Dorit's beekeeper costume was more barbecue than Kyle's, whatever the fuck that was she was wearing in this episode. What was that thing she draped over, that tablecloth that she draped over herself? It did not look like barbecue wear. Also, this whole barbecue, let me just say, it looked beautiful. I love Kyle's house. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love the way she set up for it. She put that tent outside. But that table, that table to me was unacceptable because those chairs were so fucking low. And I'm a tall person. It takes a lot. And Teddy's pregnant, meanwhile. She's got to sit down to the ground. They're all sitting so close to the ground. I mean, so close to the ground. Give me a higher table, a higher chair. I can't do that. My big-ass daddy long legs can't fit in those chairs. I mean, it's too too much, Kyle. Like, get some higher chairs, get a higher table. I don't know. I just, it was unacceptable to me. Teddy was like, how the fuck am I going to sit down? She's so so fucking pregnant. I mean, she needed a team of people to get down and up. It's a lot. It's too much. Raise the chairs. And for a second, I thought maybe they should give Teddy another chair or something. But then she would have stuck out like a sore thumb, standing over people. But still, they were all like laying on the ground. No one wants to go to a party like that. Mm -mm. No one like, they all pretend they were like, oh, it's comfy once you get down. I thought, no, you're lying. You're all lying. You're pretending that this is comfortable, but that's the worst table I've ever seen in my life. It was just too low to the ground. Maybe good for kids. That would have been a good kids table. People with smaller legs, shorter legs, that would have worked. I know Kyle's short. So maybe it was great for her, but it's not great for your guests. And you have to think about that when you invite people over. Sutton brought her new boyfriend from Match.com. He didn't look like a short guy. I'm sure he didn't like have to go so low to the ground, tumble down there. And uh, I mean, come on, Kyle. He might as well not even have any chairs. Just make people sit in the grass. Put a uh, put a blanket out and make them sit as picnic style. Those little chairs. What the fuck were they doing? And also, by the way, why isn't Kim there? Kim's a sister. She should have been there. Should have been there. Uh, Denise and Aaron are on the way to the barbecue, and I keep thinking about them being followed. That's all I could think about is, like, is there another car following them? Are they worried about people following them? Because remember, Big Dick Aaron said that people follow them. And so I want to know, I want to see, is there a car following them? Like, I'd like, I'd like the Brava production team to do just a quick scan with the camera uh, of the cars driving by to see, uh, are are they actually being followed? Or is this just production that's following them? I don't know. TBD. Uh, but Denise and Aaron don't want to go. They do eventually arrive, and Aaron brought a housewarming guest for Kyle, and they were shocking to me. Uh, he brought her a grounding bag for EMF. Forgive me that I'm not uh, familiar with these terms or these things. I will do some research, so no need to reach out to me. But uh, I am not very aware of what this grounding bag for EMF and 5G is, but he encourages her to sleep with it. He says it's in the Faraday cage. It's raw crystals, and it sucks up the headaches. And I thought, what the fuck is he talking about? I'm not sure. I need to research. Kyle, at one point, suggests putting it in Dorit's pants or something. I don't know. She said, oh, Dorit should put it up her her pants. And I thought, no one knows what Aaron says. They're all just acting like, like they're looking at Aaron when he talks like he's an alien. That's what they're looking at him like. Like, no one knows what he's saying. They're all sort of nodding, but in their heads, they're just zoning out and thinking about other things. They're thinking about their grocery lists or what they want to go, uh, what they're doing later on that day. You know, no one's paying attention. They, they just zone out Aaron and look like he's an alien. And I'm not sure that he's not. I'm not sure that he's not. Uh, Mauricio's not there. He's at the USC game, but everyone else is pretty much there. Uh, Teddy, by the way, when she sits down, she says, everyone's acting like I'm not pregnant. <laughs> it's funny that they are. They're just ignoring Teddy's pregnancy. I don't know. It makes me laugh. makes me laugh. Um, And I know we're all team Denise on this whole thing, right? Like, I think I I would say that the majority of people, especially uh, in my mind, we're all team Denise in a lot of this. But I have to say that the editors are seemingly team Kyle. And so that makes me think, like, what does this all mean, right? Like, I'm I'm overthinking everything because I'm like, well, they keep kind of calling out Denise. And by the way, I want to say I'm team Denise, but I'm certainly not team Aaron. I do not care for this Aaron. I don't know if I made that clear yet, but big dick Aaron's got to (laughs) go. He's got to go. Um, Let's see. Oh, so they start talking about the kids. Denise didn't bring the kids. Rena was so funny. She said, "Um, I don't even know where mine are. Seriously. And she was like trying to tell us something. Like it was a cry for help when Rena said, I don't know where my kids are. She's like, I honestly don't know. And no one caught on to it. But Rena was like trying to tell them, look, I don't know what's going on with my children. And um, that's something maybe we should look into. I don't know. So then, Teddy kind of goes in on Denise, and there was a moment where Aaron was just like slapping his arm, and I was like, "What is he doing?" I, I think he might have been killing bugs, but he could have also been doing some sort of uh, stuff that I'm not aware of with I don't know his healing bags or something. I mean, because he was just slapping his arm. I don't know if you caught it was in the background. Go back and watch it. The um, Garcelle stands up for Denise. Uh, Aaron stands up for Denise, but I never like it when the men get involved in the women's fights. I don't think it's okay. It always makes me uncomfortable. I didn't like the way that Aaron was talking to these women. It was it was very gross. It was just uh, I don't know. I don't like when the men step I I don't really usually care for men on Bravo in general. And I certainly didn't care for Aaron the way he was speaking to the rest of the women at this table. And you know I, I most of us, I'd say the most of the audience, we don't really care for Teddy on this show, right? But I did I did really feel when Teddy was saying that he was an asshole. I actually was applauding. And I thought, good for Teddy for calling it out. I thought, good for her, because he was being an asshole to these women. And he kept saying, eh. he said something like, so no issues, lady, right? Moving on, let's talk about something else. And then he told Kyle to define passive-aggressive. And then it was just crazy. It was crazy. And then as Denise is trying to make her point about like not you know talking certain ways in front of the kids, she says, say the fuck word, She says fuck in front of uh, Dorit's kid, and Teddy called it out. Teddy was actually winning me over this episode. I'm sorry. I know Teddy's not very well-liked, but I was enjoying Teddy this episode for saying what I was thinking at home. I was applauding it. You know, a lot of times on these shows, I've said it about Bethany before, a lot of times when women are pregnant, they're at their best in their confessionals because they don't give a fuck. They're having a baby. They're making a baby. They don't have time to give a fuck about anything else. And I think that might be what's happening with Teddy, because in her confessionals, I'm finding them refreshing. It reminds me of Bethany when I like... I'm not saying Bethany and Teddy are on the same playing field as Housewives. Let me just back up for a second just make that clear. But uh, remember when Bethany was pregnant, that was when she was best at her confessionals. So, uh, let's see. Then uh, Aaron says something about when people win, also people engage because they won. That was when Erica's like, what the fuck is Aaron talking about? and Denise and Aaron decide to leave. Denise says, I'm done. I'm leaving. You guys are crossing the line. Aaron says, they're off my Christmas card. And then Denise says, don't say a word. We're on camera, baby. My baby's got a secret. I said it once and I'll say it again. Our baby's got a secret. And that's when Aaron says, don't tell me what to say. I'm going to crush your fucking hand. And there's a few things about this. First of all, it's disgusting. I did not like to hear him say that. Second of all, I thought it was interesting. I don't think they subtitled it. Maybe I missed it. But they did subtitle, like, Denise saying, don't say a word, we're on camera, whatever. And I didn't see that. I might have to go back and watch it, so don't quote me on that. But I don't recall seeing a subtitle. I thought, why didn't they subtitle that line? Were they trying? I don't know. I just didn't like that Aaron said that at all. I just don't like this Aaron. This big dick Aaron gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta get him off the show. He's doing too much. I don't know. Last season, I was enjoying big dick Aaron. But now, I'm seeing different sides of him, and I'm not caring for it. Um, then the episode ends, we get the mid-season trailer where we have Kim and Brandy and Camille and Faye, they're bringing out the messy people. And here's what I'm thinking. If this is halfway through the season, if we didn't have some of this breaking of the fourth wall in the first half of the season, I feel like it would have been really snoozy. And I'm interested in the fact that they brought back all of these messy people for the second half of the season. Did they think that they didn't have anything the first half? That's what I'm led to believe. And they weren't necessarily wrong, but they did find some interesting ways of editing. I I think the editing and producing of the first half of this season was brilliant, perfect, phenomenal. Uh, They should be applauded because it was so, so, so good. And I can't wait for the second half. But I do find it interesting that they just were like, bring in every fucking messy person we've ever had on this show. (laughs) Bring them back in. Call them up. uh, And they brought them. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see Kim Richards. I'm so excited to see like how she's doing. I hope she's doing well. Uh Brandy comes in and is messy. We got Erica versus Aaron in the second half of the season. We get the Brandy and Denise stuff. Denise says Bravo has a choice. If they ever want me on the show again, they won't air this. Who guys. Loving Beverly Hills. Loving it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Love it. That's annoying. Um okay, you guys should we talk about the Real Houses of New York? Let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, you all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live and it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, And also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code everything iconic all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe. And that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking... Uh, Mongolian cashmere crew sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crew sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts Out the cost of the middleman And passes us savings all over to us And Quince only works with factories That use safe, ethical, and responsible Manufacturing practices Along with premium fabrics and finishes Love that, makes you feel good about shopping With Quince Uh, Again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there Just uh, good quality pieces And a lot of different options If you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe So indulge in the affordable luxury Go to Quince.com slash iconic For free shipping on your order And 365 day returns That's Quince Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com slash iconic. Last I'm night with your gas Yeah. I want to go home. I should have
1: stayed home. I had ghost hunters all geared up, ordering room service and falling asleep at 6.30. I'm out. Well,
0: I said to you, don't scream to <laughs> me, my friend. That's so rude. Let's have dinner. Let's have dinner. Okay, The Real hustle is New York. We're still in Newport. We're still talking about how wild Leah was the night before. Sonia says that I thought it was scary. And then Luann, I just have to say, she did a Tasmanian devil impression. It was <laughs> something I was not expecting. We didn't like the Tasmanian devil. right, <laughs> I'll take that. I like... Oh, yeah. the flowers are yeah. flying chair goes up right. i'm like, yeah, like oh my god <laughs> oh Luann, Luann. uh they do say that leah's crazy and it's a new crazy that they're just not used to which is a good point i was glad somebody pointed it out because honestly uh they're all fucking nuts and leah's just a different kind of nuts I gotta say too, this episode I really like felt for Dorinda in a weird way. And I know Dorinda's been a hot mess and she still was this episode, but for some reason I like had a different perspective on Dorinda. She's so filled with rage. Again, not okay, but I do get it. Like I think, especially coming off this week where I think all of us collectively feel filled with rage. I was looking at Dorinda and I was like, I get it, girl. I was just like, I get it. She's, She's so. Dorinda is filled with rage. And she just takes it out on Tinsley. And that's not okay. But at the same time, I sort of get it because she just sort of has all this built up stuff going on in her brain and her soul. And I I think she just had to focus it somewhere. And I wish she would have focused it somewhere else. But then she just decided, well, it's going to go out on Tinsley. And that's what it's coming out on. And so in a weird, twisted, fucked up way, I sort of get Dorinda this episode, and again, that opinion is going to change in probably five minutes. By the end of this recap, I will have turned on Dorinda again, but for right now, I'm like, I get it, girl. I get it. Get it. Uh, But they all make up in Newport. Elise hugs. Elise also said she wanted to fuck Leah, and then Ramona got jealous about it. She's like, well, what about me? I thought you wanted to fuck me. Um, Just as we're all making up, Leah's sister shows up, Sarah. It's her first 24 hours away from her kid. Luann says she looks older. She's like, she does look, she does look older. And I gotta say, Luann has been saying a lot of rude things under her breath. This whole season, she's been saying just nasty, nasty things under her breath. And I'm not missing it, Lou. I'm checking it. I see it. I see it. Sonia's is also very rude to the sister right off the bat. Uh, the sister and Leah both have stunning cheekbones. I love their cheek. I love a good cheekbone and those two have stunning cheek structure. I just have to say they're both gorgeous. Uh, Dorinda talks to Sarah and it's so funny because Sarah's from Brooklyn and Dorinda acts like Brooklyn is some sort of vacation destination that she's never been to or something. And she's uh, treating it like it's the Atlanta, Atlantis resort in Bahamas. She's like, I'm going to go there for the day with Hannah and get some macaroons. She said, <laughs> she, said she saw a special on TV. I would like to see Dorinda's DVR. That's what I want to see. Later in the episode, she said she was going to watch Ghost Hunters. And I want to know exactly what's on that TiVo of hers or whatever the fuck. I imagine Dorinda still has TiVo. That's what I imagine in my head. I know most people don't use TiVo, but I, for some reason, feel in my bones that Dorinda still has TiVo. And an AOL account. And I would like to see exactly what's on that DVR. I want to know. Um, anyway, then we cut back to the hotel. I gotta say, Tinsley and Leah are talking with Sarah. And Tinsley reveals something that was truly shocking to me. It's not often that something is, surprises me. Tinsley almost said accidentally. You could see in her face, she thought, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that on camera. But she said she once made out, I feel gross even saying this. I don't want to repeat this, but it has to be repeated because, you guys, it was uh, shocking. She said she made out with her sister 10 years ago, and then right away, she's like, oh fuck, why did I say that? And you could see Leah... Being like, um, Tinsley, like, maybe you shouldn't said that. And also, like, what the fuck? And Leah also is trying to, like, kind of cover for her friends. So Leah's like, oh, that's cool or something, you know, like, <laughs> <they're> all, <laughs> no one knew how to act. I've never been so uncomfortable watching one of these shows, but I was so incredibly uncomfortable when Tinsley accidentally revealed that she made out with her sister. And it's not okay. It's not a normal thing. I don't think that it should have happened. And I certainly don't think we should have been privy to it on this. Sh- I mean, maybe it's, uh, it was shocking and gross and terrible and everyone's face. I was just looking at their faces. I was like, what? Th- this show though continues to surprise me. And the fact that this is just glossed over, we do uh, kind of have a callback to it later when Tinsley and Leah make out, which just saying, you guys, I got to say, before this season started, I was trying to get my mother, Linda Pellegrino to watch New York. I said, New York's my favorite. I was like, just hop on board. You should watch one of the Housewives. She never watches any of them. I said, just watch New York. It's the best. And now I'm thinking, there's no way my mom could even follow this because we're randomly introduced to these little storylines that just get glossed over. And everything's crazy. And nothing on this show is, is happening sober. I mean, everything, everyone's wasted. And Linda Pellegrino, and I, I'm sure she'd say, Dan, what was she, what is she, she made out with her sister, Dan. What is she saying? That's what my mom would say. Linda Pellegrino would not uh, understand what's happening on this show. It all moves too quickly. Uh, and now I'm going to tell my mom to hop on board of Beverly Hills. She probably still won't do it. But I- I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching this: Oh my gosh, my mom would not be able to follow any of this. It's just a bunch of drunk women, and I'm enjoying that. But it is off the rails this season. Everything that's happening is fucking nuts. Fucking nuts. So then everyone gets ready. Uh Dorinda she arrives at Lou's room completely hammered. Completely hammered. When she arrives at Lou's, she said, I've been drinking a lot. She said, I don't want to sleep I just had to- myself. And then she did a fucking conga line with Lou. Did you catch that? She was entering the house and then she just like grabbed Lou and they did like a quick conga line on the way to like pour herself some more alcohol and I thought, Dorinda, maybe you should slow down. I'm always shouting at this screen, like, maybe don't have that drink. Which, on any other franchise, I'm shouting to them, like, please have that drink. And on this one, I'm like, maybe put the cocktail down. Put the cocktail down, because they're all fucking nuts. And Lu- Luann says, I have rosé and I have white. And just as she's offering uh, Dorinda more alcohol, which I have to say, like, maybe Luann shouldn't have offered Dorinda more alcohol. Maybe. I mean, I feel like Dor- Luann. She did some alcohol uh, courses, or she—I'm sorry—some AA meetings. I feel like she should maybe not offer Dorinda any more to drink because you could tell that Dorinda was—I don't know what's that phrase—like a hundred sheets to the wind. She was definitely more than two sheets to the wind. She was—Dorinda was a was hundred sheets to the wind. She had the whole fucking all the bedding to the wind because she was wasted, and you could see in her face. Oh my God. And then she goes, "I talked to Jean." And then she said, you know, Dorinda's always letting out those those motivational sayings or whatever. And she's like, let the birdcage open uh, as she's pouring more wine. And I thought, Dorinda needs to get it together, girl. But also, I get it. I get it. <laughs> like I said earlier, I sort of get it. She's just unraveling before our eyes. And she has many other times before. I just want to say, it's not like this is like... A brand new Dorinda. Like we've seen Dorinda getting wasted before, but it's filled with a different kind of rage that's really influencing the alcohol um, intake. And so, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. But um, on a side note, I have to say, Luann looks amazing in her confessional in that glittery outfit. Did you catch that? Luann, she looks better than ever, I think. In her confessional particular. She looks stunning. Uh, so then we cut to 8 p.m. at the restaurant. This whole episode was pretty much centered on this one dinner, and New York is the only franchise on the planet that can give us full episodes from like a two hours worth of footage. I mean, they just go to dinner and the whole episode is at a restaurant. It's amazing, amazing to watch. But it's Tinsley's Friends restaurant. They mention oysters, and I'm thinking they're always eating oysters on this show. That's why they're all so horny. Ramona loves the oysters. But when they arrive, Ramona decides to just walk around. And flirt with the men. She says to one guy, like, who's wearing shorts, she said, I think you forgot your pants. And then he says, you should hop on in. And right off the bat, I was disgusted. But then, um, I knew there was going to be some good stuff because Ramona just ignores her friends and to try to hop on the stick. And this guy was engaged. And I have to say, throughout the episode, people were coming up to him and saying, like, maybe you shouldn't be flirting with these women when you're engaged. Your wife's going to see that. And then it, he finally snaps at the end. And what an asshole. And I'm thinking like, you're snapping at these women for calling you out for being an asshole like you're engaged. Stop it. It's just gross. That guy was an asshole. Does anyone have... And also, by the way, he had to sign a release, I believe. He had to sign some sort of release because he wasn't blurred out on camera. So, um, I don't know. But the other women are always jealous of Ramona because she can flirt. And I don't like that because Ramona's just a good flirt. And it's weird and cringy to watch, but I do think she's like good at flirting in a weird kind of gross way, if that makes sense. Uh, And I do think everyone else is jealous of it because most of these other women are single and they all got their game in a different way. But I think Ramona's like the best at just sort of conversational flirting. I don't think she's the best at like sealing the deal. I'd say probably Luann and Sonia are better at that. But I think Ramona has better like flirting conversational skills. And I do think they get uh jealous about that. And I, it's again cringy. At one point that guy said, I'm from Arkansas, and Ramona's like, <laughs> laughing at him like he just said the funniest fucking joke. Like he was Hannah Gatsby on Netflix or something, like he, he said, I'm from Arkansas and Ramona's just like oh <laughs> he didn't even say a joke, Ramona, but he she was just laughing to make him feel funny. And that's that's why these guys fall into, you know, Ramona's little tricks. But it's also disgusting, by the way. Um, he's engaged. Ramona gets heartbroken, and she kind of is not interested in the other guys. Meanwhile, at the table, Dorinda's there and completely hammered. She's trying to put on lipstick. And Dorinda drunk putting on lipstick is not an okay thing. She always looks like the Joker. And she can't get her hand to steady enough to get in the lip line. And so the lipstick's just going all over. And unfortunately, we didn't really get to see the results of the lipstick. But I do love... Probably the thing that brings me most joy on this show, more than anything else, is seeing Dorinda try to apply makeup when she's hammered. It's honestly like, I could watch it for hours. It is like a a giraffe being born and trying to stand on its legs for the first time. It's just Dorinda is not able to get in those lines. And honestly, I would like a makeup, I, I, I'd like a full makeup tutorial of Dorinda drunk. I know I posted sort of like a, a parody thing on my Instagram of like Dorinda putting on makeup, but I would like Dorinda to do one. That's a Dorinda challenge. Just get hammered and give us a makeup tutorial because there's nothing I find funnier. Nothing. Uh, then let's see, Luann and Sonia, they're trying, they like kiss with an olive at the bar. I mean, there, a lot is going on. A lot is going on. Ramona's ignoring Tinsley. Who's getting mad that the women are not at the table. Dorinda's talking to Elise. She said something about Richard. She says, Richard will be okay. How much longer. And then, and, they literally have to subtitle unintelligible. The amount of times that those editors have to go in and write underneath uh, what's her name, Dorinda, that it's unintelligible is truly shocking. If they had a nickel for every time they did that, they'd be rich. Because it's every time Dorinda gets drunk, it, they just have to write unintelligible. <laughs> it's so funny. Richer and then and and then. And Elise is just nodding along. And you know, Elise is like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you saying, woman? Um, then let's see, Dorinda's crying to her. She's got a vape. This dinner is wild. And I don't know a whole lot to say. I'm sure I'm missing things because everything was happening so fast. But I do have to say that I was smiling ear to ear, which is very important because I think a lot of us have been feeling like we're not smiling a whole lot these days. And so it was nice to just kind of have some endorphins flowing throughout my body uh, cause they're, ha- they're just, I mean, I think we can all agree there hasn't been a lot of serotonin racing through our bodies these days. The only time I've gotten it is, uh, through the Leah Michelle news. I don't know if you guys have been following, but that has just seemingly been escalating. If you guys have been following Leah Michelle, can we just talk about that for just f- a few seconds? It's been revealed that Leah Michelle's a big asshole. And look, the stories keep on coming. And at first, the stories were very interesting to me. But they weren't necessarily like driving serotonin to my body. But then it felt like the stories just kept coming. Like everyone was commenting on it. Like anyone who's ever worked with Leah Michelle has been coming out with a story. And some of them have been wild. It's like Heather Morris, who's on Glee, she just came out with a statement and was like, Was Leah Michelle an asshole? Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, and then she went into like this whole thing. And I don't mean to laugh. Um, but it's just been a shocking amount of heightening. You know, in, in comedy and stuff and jokes, they say like you, you keep heightening. And then at a certain point, like if you're writing a script, they say to, to keep heightening. And at a certain point, you can't heighten any further because then it becomes like almost, it's impossible or something. Like if, if this was a, if Leah Michelle's expose was a script, uh, as a producer would say, um, it's unrealistic now. It keep, but it keeps heightening. (laughs) It just keeps heightening. I don't know if I'm explaining that properly, but, um, the fact that it keeps going and not ending, uh, is, is shocking to me. Anyway, where I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about. Oh, so this episode though, I just have to say it's a lot is going on and I'm sure I'm missing things. And it's just because I don't even know how the camera people keep up with it. It's just there. It's impossible to know exactly what's going on at these times because everyone's just so drunk. And messy. Dorinda eventually leaves to just go watch her ghost hunters. Uh, Ramona said, "You have the audacity to tell me something." To uh, they're just all kind of fighting. Ramona says the sister, Leah's sister, is a demon. Leah throws a ravioli at Ramona, and then uh, she goes and makes out with Tinsley as she leaves. And someone off camera, I believe it was Leah's sister, was saying, "You're a little sister kisser." As they're uh, kissing and fall into a bush. This is a wild show. This is a wild program. It's truly unhinged. I know I say that every week, but I don't know another term for it. It's unhinged. And when we think about like going back to Orange County, the very first episode when it was behind the gates of Cota de Casa, and we were entering an exclusive community of upscale wealthy individuals, that was like the premise of the show. If you look on Wikipedia, I believe that's I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially like the mission statement for this franchise. And now it is totally off the rails and it's very enjoyable, but it's very fucking nuts. Very fucking nuts. So the next day we see Sonia waking up. She's wearing pants with a tag on. Sonia's always got a tag. She's always returning. And I just have to say, that's not okay. You just can't return your clothes. You can't wear them and return them. It's just not okay. Uh, I want Leah's sister on the cast though. I would like to see more of her because she seems messy. She seems like she's getting in the mix. I think this could be a good future for the show. Could be a good future. Sonia's also saying some shitty things about Leah. She said she was arrested and thrown out of school. And I thought, Sonia, you've been arrested and thrown out of multiple places. I've seen on TMZ. I believe that Sonia's been thrown out of places before, and she has also been arrested. So it's very uh, rich of Sonia to be judging that. You know what I'm saying? So back in the city, we see Luann meet with Ben for the cabaret. uh, Guys. Luanne and the cabaret. She's doing a show called Mary Fuck Kill now. You guys, Luanne and this cabaret. And meanwhile, everyone is just, everyone is just totally, you guys, this Ben guy says, you've put cabaret on the map. You're making it popular. He says to Luanne Deliseps. My heart goes out to cabaret in general. I feel bad for it. I don't know who the, who do we write, but I feel bad for just Cabaret as a whole. Because now it's become Luanne de Lesseps and that's not okay. Now it's turning into something where she, she says the audience always asks her to do Mary Hill, and so now we're going to make it a show. What? And then Luanne, they say, she's, uh, Ben or her says, you have to sing your signature songs like Barbara. So now they're comparing her to Barbara Streisand. Barbra Streisand didn't uh, release all of her hits for this. This is not okay to Barbra Streisand. By the way, Barbra Streisand has like a full mall in her basement, I believe. And that's interesting to me. And that's neither here nor there. But it's just something that I encourage you all to research. Because if I could have a full mall in my basement, I would love it. Anyway, I would have a Wetzel pretzel down there. Ooh, I'd have Wetzel pretzel and an Auntie Ann's, And a Hot Sam. I don't know if any of you from Northeast Ohio remember Hot Sam pretzels. Ooh. What I would give for one of those hot Sam pretzels dipped in some nacho cheese sauce. The whole thing. Remember, they used to dip the whole thing. It was a pretzel on a stick, and they'd dip it in some nacho cheese. There was nothing better as a child. I'd get it at the Randall Park Randall Park Mall in, in Northeast Ohio. They had that hot Sam. Woo, what I would give to go back and get that cheese-dipped pretzel. Um, What the fuck was I talking about? Oh, Luann. Uh, Then Luanne says she wants to invite Sonia into the show, and she says if we could have a couple dresses on her and then rip them off when she sings Giovanni with me. We could rip them off if she sings Giovanni with me. What is happening with this cabaret show? I mean, I hate the coronavirus, but I am grateful in the fact that it stopped this cabaret show. Again, don't misquote me, because I fucking hate this coronavirus. It can go fuck itself. I hate it. I It's the worst thing. But It's neither here nor there. But the point is, Luann's cabaret show finally stopped. And that's something we should, uh, a small silver lining. I don't know. I'm sure it'll be brought back up again at some point. Um, Anyway, then we cut to Leah and Brian, uh, or Leah with her parents, Brian and Bunny. Um, And Bunny tells her about the alcohol situation. And I can only imagine Leah as a teen, what we've seen of her as an adult. I'm thinking, what was she like as a teen? Because teenagers have more energy. They have more spirit, more energy, all of it. And so I would love to have seen footage of it. I wish we could have seen Leah as a teen more. I want to know. I want to know. Then Dorinda has a rooftop party. It's called Spill the Tea. She says, relax, relate, reset. They finally, for the first time on the show, have an event without alcohol. And the editors, of course, show them all being drunk messes. But it's nice to have a final... uh, It's nice to finally have a party where there's no alcohol. Um, But I'm sure they'll still be messy. And they certainly were. Ramona and Leah sort of make up. They say they're just going to move forward. Leah says she projects her issues onto Ramona with her mom and I think this is a very interesting thing that's developing between Leah and Ramona and I know it's it seems like they don't fit together at all. Ramona's like uh, so many years older than Leah. They they don't seemingly mix, but I find that very interesting that Ramona's almost uh, Ramona's sort of a weird gross mother figure to Leah and she's projecting and that dynamic is interesting to me. Okay, so then Tinsley arrives just as a tea party Barbie. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And so they're all sitting down. And then Dorinda just says, we're all going to change seats to sit by someone different. (laughs) Which is her way of saying, like, I want to sit next to Tinsley and bully her. And that's basically what she said. Uh, She says to Tinsley, I want to talk to you for two seconds. Nothing bad. I don't want to approach you aggressively. But you were in Niagara Falls with Scott, and I need you to tell them that you're seeing him. And it's like, Dorinda, why the fuck do you care? Ramon even said, like, why does Dorinda care so much? And it makes zero sense. <laughs> Other than the fact that Dorinda is filled with rage and she's taking it out on a Tinsley, which, again, I respect and get. I don't, maybe I shouldn't say respect, but I get, I get it. Tinsley then starts to try to uh, squeeze out a tear, which she cannot do. Wh- while she's trying to squeeze out that tear to the table, too, Dorinda says, why are you crying? And... <laughs> I don't know. Sonia, meanwhile, is just like, get together with Scott. She says, put your toothbrush in, put your underwear in the drawer, and don't leave. And that's some relationship advice. Not saying that it's good relationship advice, but it's certainly relationship advice. And that's the end of the episode. Next week, we get Ramona's birthday. We get some Dale crying. We get Halloween. Ah, <sighs> That's the New York housewives. It moves so fast. I'm sure I missed a hundred things, you guys. Every week on New York, I'm missing things. It's happening fast. It's moving quick. You guys, uh, this was a lot of bravo to talk about. I love you all so much for listening. If you want, uh, please find me on social, <laughs> please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to turn on the cameo. I've had it off for a while. I'm going to turn it on on Friday and cameo has, uh, agreed to donate a portion of the cameo proceeds to the NAACP empowerment fund as I will be. I've also been donating, uh, privately as well, but the cameo. Uh, they are going to be donating to the N A double NAACP Empowerment Fund. It's been talking so much bravo. I feel like I can't speak anymore. Um, so that's cameo.com slash Danny Pellegrino. It's just gonna be on for a brief time while they're doing that um, because um I think it's a great organization to help. So let's all take some breathers, let's take some deep breaths in. I think we all need it, right? We all need it. We're all holding in a lot. Um, let's loosen up our shoulders. Uh, before I do our breathing exercises, I do also just want to mention one thing. Uh, my my buddy Mike, one of my very best friends, he lost his younger brother uh, unexpectedly earlier this week. And Mike's been on the show before, very early on in the podcast uh, with his wife. And he's one of my very best friends. And I grew up with him and his brother. And uh, it was a very heartbreaking loss. And one of the things that he had told me uh, was just to remember to he had told me to remember to tell my brothers that I love them because it happened very um, unexpectedly. And so I just want to remind you all to tell the people you love that you love them while you can. Uh, and I want to send my heart out to Mike and, and his wife, Taylor, and their whole family, and I love them. And um, so let's all let's all remember to love the ones you love. Tell them when you can. And let's all, uh, let's all breathe and relax. Let's all take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in, breathe out. I know they're a cheesy little breathing exercise, but I feel like they, help and we need to relax and recharge. And uh, I love you all so much for listening. Um, stay safe and stay healthy. Bye-bye. Icon's Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so, that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and All the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the truest blood podcast. So check it out uh, and also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max, and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash, and that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver. With $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders, Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass too, pays for itself. In just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code Iconic24. That's Iconic24 and get off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass.
1: It's...